anytime you wake up I just wanna wake up You and for again Doesn't matter what it takes up Crazy in the dome Baby, can I get a heads up? Go, they try to break us Go, they try to break us Wanna get away Would you tell me your location? Feels like yesterday I remember I would stay up Baby, can you say something? Wanna feel sensation Promise you I'll never get numb I'm too precious The healer doesn't go around telling people that they are healers, they just are. The witch doesn't hop over the hedge to prove she's a witch, she just is. The medicine man doesn't explain why his medicine cures, it just does. The shaman doesn't claim to connect heaven and earth, it just happens. The way you alchemize a soulless world into a sacred world is to treat everyone as if they are sacred, until the sacred in them remembers. As each new person awakens, the timeline changes and an alternate reality becomes our current reality. I show you that I love you. You show that love to another. An act of kindness by me is an act of kindness from you to another. The power to change our realities one by one will change what the reality of this world is. Testing, uh, are we on? And four, three, two, And we are live. Good afternoon. This is the real George of the Jungle. I do want to do a small introduction to Anthony Prolific, co-owner of Mind Shrooms and as well an entrepreneur, ongoing studies with spirituality and a lot of help around the community. My brother, can you please start with your first and last name? Yeah, yeah. Anthony Lopez. And thank you for having me on. Absolutely. It's going to be fun. It is going to be fun. Definitely look into this conversation. This conversation was, you know, long awaited. I wish it would have been the first episode, but, mm -hmm. you know, everybody should be the first episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Brother, so before we do get started, I do want to lay out a little bit of a connection between the audience and, yeah. and how we met. So Anthony was um, what we can say a not only a, a partner in, in, in 
in uh, the work field because we worked at Watson Chevrolet. But he was some somehow a, a person that uh, that didn't connect with me at all. There was no conversation or monologue, but in, in, it somehow transpired to a bigger relationship later on along the line. Uh, we started to focus on ourselves and throughout that journey, we, we kind of found ourselves in the same steps. And that's something that I still, to this day, I'm like, shit, like it's like a, a mirroring of each other. What are we trying to teach each other? So today we're going to, you know, maybe figure out some of those lessons or figure out some, some more things about ourselves. Uh, but this is a conversation that, you know, has long a hold. And finally, brother, with the first question. Yeah, yeah. Um, what is it that you do now, my man? Um, so right now, um, since we parted ways, I guess. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I was basically on a journey of, yeah, like entrepreneurship. Like right when we met, um, I was kind of like thrusting myself into like, yo, what, what do I need to do? Right. What do I need to do to become an entrepreneur? And it was like, well, I want to learn sales. Um, and I want to learn, uh, you know, like management, like working with people. Right. Yeah. Like, because that, that's going to be a huge part of building a business is like, you, you got You're going to have people under, you're going to have people, you know, executing the plan basically. So you might as well learn how to, um, you know, might as well learn how to, how to work with people and, and manage people and, and learn how to be a leader, I guess. You know what I'm saying? So, um, so when we met, um, kind of backtracking a little bit, but like when we met, we were in the sales, I was in the sales <laughs> arena at that point, you know what I'm saying? I was learning the sales, went to a dispensary, um, got the, got the, you know, the management stuff under my belt, uh, from that point started the business, um, and, you know, started a business and actually, actually stepped back a little bit from a business and, and now back in the work field, uh, in the workforce, um, and, and going back to school. So that's what I'm doing now, and what, but still kind of playing with, you know, the business on the marketing side and things like that. And it's already cut you there, brother, but what, what, uh, job do you have or what line of field do you work in? Yeah. So we're with, uh, I'm with a, a local group, a local nonprofit organization, uh, called uh, Native Music Coalition, um, and basically what it is is it's a it's an organization that helps um, at-risk youth in the Native community. It also helps uh, anybody uh, coming out of uh, incarceration out of the prison system. Um, they're going into re-entry homes uh, and and sober living homes, and they're completing programs that you know, help them, they get, they basically, basically we help them get back on their feet. So they get, they get their license. Um, they, you know, try to get a job. Uh, they get insurance, they get all the basic necessities that they need in life. And, you know, they, uh, they're staying sober in these homes and, uh, they're just kind of relearning responsibility and we're, and we're basically helping, uh, bring them back into society so that they don't go back and even if they do you know struggle a lot of them struggle with addiction things like that even if they do you know struggle with addiction and stuff and or you know maybe don't stay sober this program isn't like a place where it's like you're going right back to jail right it's somewhere where like okay instead of going right back to jail we're going to put you in a, in a you know rehab or we're going to 
you know, try to dry you out a little bit, get you get you back on track, you know, so it's like really aimed towards helping them stay out of the system and getting them back out into society and taking control of their lives again. Um, so I'm working with them. I started in the sober living home, the reentry home, and now I'm actually with uh, the youth program, which is really uh, it's really rewarding, like being able to you know work with young kids, um, you know, coming from broken homes and, you know, they got parents with addictions and things like that. So um, we we teach cultural education. Um, so we get them in touch with their roots, you know, their their native heritage. Um, and it's it's really great. We have a lot of native elders in the Yaki community and the, and the TO community uh, that come through. They teach, um, you know, the wisdom to the children. We teach them lessons. There's a horse camp um three-day horse camp that we just had where they learn how to ride horses um it, it's just sort of yeah it's a really amazing program so that's what i'm doing now and i'm also like going back going to school and well, what are you going for school again so um about about a year and a half before i started the mind shrooms business uh i went i decided i i finally felt like i kind of found what i was meant to do you know what i'm saying it was kind of like my path opened up um and I, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm 35, I'm going to go back to school and I want to be a psychologist. Um, and I think I just, I've, I've had a lot of growth happen over the last couple of years going to therapy myself. Um, and there's just something that I kind of experience usually on a day-to-day -day basis, but I really feel like I'm meant to kind of like help people and, and they, they, people seem to kind of really open up to me times you know what i'm saying and especially like when i went to those you know when i started working at the re-entry homes like a couple of the guys i just never really knew them but they immediately just kind of opened up to me and put their like life story out on the table and it was like no you know that's kind of hard to do with somebody you don't really know let alone somebody you do you know what I'm well saying? it's so, part of that healing so once yeah. they get to that point it's like you're helping them go through that process yeah, exactly. and, and, like, I, and i feel like it's just like a level of comfort that certain people have with me you know what i'm saying and um i'm kind of just i don't know for me i'm just kind of proud of that you know what i'm saying like i i like that people can come to me and, and feel like they can get something off their chest without having like a judgmental you know person there like trying to fix them or you know what i'm saying or like putting casting a shadow on them you know yeah. what i'm saying so <laughs> you know, it's like the people that have been in the in the stories or the people that actually gone through 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 the struggle. <clears throat> and that's what, something that I relate with you a lot. Like I see the, the empath and the natural just way of, of flow with people. Mm -hmm. And and I think that that some people say it's that it's just inherited because some people are just natural born charismatics and they just have the way to talk or the way to correspond with energies. Which it might be true, it might be not. You know, some yeah. people come with good karma or bad karma, depending on what what the situation. Yeah. As we take it through our perspective, but I can say the same thing, brother. Like when mm. when I was young, like I, I was a stupid kid, you know, just doing whatever the hell I wanted. But I saw myself with people reaching out to me to the point where my stepfather would tell me, like, "Hey, you're no no psychologist, bro. Like you you shouldn't be giving advice." Yeah. And I'm like, "No, I'm not giving advice. Like they're just talking to me and flowing their you know, their whole life to me." No, yeah. it's like because they they saw how I don't know, bro. It's like you, you know when somebody walks in and it's like they're full with happiness and they're just like you know they carry themselves with that such passion mm -hmm. and it's like that person just is like a 
I don't know. It's not like I'm saying like I'm a, I'm a magnet, but it's always I've had carried myself with that with that right. potential because I I give no no f's. You know, it's just like mm-hmm. you don't you either like me or you don't. I'm gonna be in front of you whether you like it or not. You're still gonna see me do what I do. Yeah, yeah. And it's it comes to the point where like people will ask for help years later that I haven't gotten into contact and they just reach out to you or yeah. you, you think about them and then they contact you as well. So mm-hmm. it's like those synchronicities in life. And I, I feel oh, yeah. like that's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I feel like it's a lot of its energy and like a lot of people read that energy, you know, like it's known that we have a field around us, you yeah. know, like an energy field and, and, you know, some people are more in tune with it. Some people feel it more than others, but we all have it. Um, and, I think the big thing though is like as I've gotten older and people coming to me is like there was a there was a time where I I was like uh trying to fix. You know what I'm saying? Like you if you came to me and you had a problem and 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 you were you you were kind of divulging this information to me, I, my mind kind of <coughs> went straight to fix. Like, because that's yeah, a, that's that's us. Like, we we yeah, were yeah. nurturing, you know, we yeah. everybody. I'm yeah. saying as a human species. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But I, but as I've grown older, I found out that that's not always the approach. It's no. not the way. You By know no what I'm means, saying? No. because like you have to you have to discern whether or not this person is just like venting to you, or they want some advice. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes it's just you got to be blunt and ask that question. Um, but sometimes you just need to like not say anything and just let them spit it out. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And yeah, I think it's it's. As I've gotten older, I've learned the, that boundary. You know what I'm saying? I've learned to kind of like almost just connect with people on a certain level and be like, you know, I've experienced that too. And just kind of just let them know it's all good. You know what I'm saying? But and even on a deeper level, like psychology is just isn't or like being a therapist isn't just necessarily like listening to people talk. Like once you figure out the trauma and what do you once you figure out what these people have gone through and and what they're what they want to achieve you have to have a tactic to address that and you have to reframe uh you know behaviors and and perceptions and all that kind of stuff and it's it's uh it's very interesting and i'm lucky luckily enough working with this nmc i i actually am working one-on-one with a therapist um with um as kind of like her sidekick uh and we go into the homes of some of these children who have you know some pretty extreme behavioral uh issues and stuff like that and so i'm i'm very blessed to i'm on this path of of learning and i'm being able to get like one-on-one experience with a therapist and with you know what i'm saying like um, these behavioral issues so like i'm just lucky to be able to get this experience you know you are man it's it's a it's a good experience and it's setting you on your path and it seems like everything's just unfolding at this point it Um, is yeah like it it happened it literally the moment i switched my like got on to back onto my my school path and the path that i knew that i wanted like everything the universe like aligned for me it was like here's this job here like here's your school like now you're solid like here and it and it was almost like it was crazy that I started working with the kids because it's like, oh, you want to be a psychologist? Like, like check this out, you know, because kid, I have a couple kids. I love kids, but I've never worked. We have 40, 40 kids at this program. 
and it's uh, a lot to manage. Yeah, and it's and there's like four or five of us only. So it's like today, like literally today, we went. You ever took forty kids to the zoo? Well, we were at the zoo earlier, bro. <laughs> were you? Yeah, yeah, we were at the zoo too. Yeah, we took like forty kids to the zoo. It was it was uh, it was quite eventful, but. Um, so it's like a true test too. It's always, it's like, Oh, so you want to be a psychologist? Like, here it is. Like, do you really want to do this? And that's, those are really good questions to ask yourself. Like, especially when you pick something that's like, do you really want to fucking do this? Or do you want to like, is it just something that you're romanticizing in your, in your mind? You know what I'm saying? Cause we all do that. I know I do that. And that's how we figure it out because yeah. when you, you, you're doing it and like when we were, I call it the gladiator around where we were yeah. at in Watson, you know, because everybody goes through a sales job. You wonder mm -hmm. if it's selling, you know, perfumes or selling cars. Yeah. I feel like it's a gladiator right? because it's going to test you whether you're going to be ready to sell or yeah. not, regardless exactly. of the product, if it's ice or not. You know? Yeah. And, and, and there's also that that honeymoon phase, though, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying, where it's like new. It's a novel experience. It's fun. It's cool. But then after a year of you just kind of it gets a little bit mundane but are you willing to stick through it through those points yeah. you know what i'm saying and that's kind of like endurance is kind of important yeah. you, you know what i'm saying if you really have a passion for it like it's almost like you gotta you gotta like push past like the boring the mundane that kind of part to get yeah. to the other side of the mountain. that's what these animals taught me brother because honestly yeah. when i was pulling up to watson it, you know already man it was just it was chaotic it's like i felt like i was somewhere that i was gonna succeed you know, and it, it was like in a blink of an eye, I found another opportunity mm -hmm. because I saw I, I didn't just go because of the money. I didn't just go because of the vision. You know how some of these companies work at where they outline certain things like you're going to have so much clients and this and this and that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it taught me to do the grunt work, brother. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I'm going to tell you this story and it's uh, I'll tell it again later on the podcast with Chessie Atla. Mm -hmm. uh, but this guy was my mentor. Um I was living with him for a couple of weeks in Vegas and he was doing in-ground training with me. Uh, but uh, it, it came a point where I wasn't making shit for about a week. And I was like, I need to get on my feet. What can I do? And I was looking down the window from the fifth floor in the center of, uh, I think it was Tivoli Village or somewhere by Akurasau uh, uh, in, in Tivoli Village, I believe. But right in that center... I was like freaking out because like shit. I need to send you know money to my wife like this week. Like like it, it needs to happen now. Yeah. And I was talking to so many people and I was meeting you know so many figures and and trying to pitch and sell you know and they would pitch and sell and you know you have to wait for insurance and, or either something wouldn't sell. Mm -hmm. But then it came. I was like shit. You know what? I got up. I went down to the first floor and I walked around the plaza. And within thirty minutes, I got thirteen phones from each manager in the section. So I was like, shit, like I can do this. I just need to get my balls up. Like that's where I got the courage. And I was like, shit, what can I do next? So then we started dialing in and just started calling people and just embarrassing myself and just fucking up over and over and over again. And that's what was the grunt work for me. And then when I came back, I was still fucking up. I'm not saying I was perfect, but you know, I came back and with a mentality that I need to make money now. And, and I was just like, because you know, I was like, Having your natural paycheck at Watson and just going with the flow, it was nice. But then Adam, yeah, the hitting, sudden, that, hitting that hitting that minimum wage paycheck did not feel good. Oh no! Did no, you ever? No. I hit it a couple times. Yeah, I hit it two like, months. When I was starting off, yeah, it was like a twelve hundred dollar paycheck, and it was just like I worked how many hours? And I haven't had a paycheck for thirty days. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like it was rough. So it was that that shit taught us a lot. It did to grind. It, it really did. It did, man. It, but it teaches you courage. And with all that testosterone there, brother, like, there's no reason for you not to push. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <coughs> man.
Man, we degraded a little bit or off-graded there a little bit. Digressed. Digressed. <laughs> um, bro. I do that a lot. Yeah. Digest. Digress. Um, your daily routine. What do you see yourself doing on a daily that is like, oh, shit, this is what shaped me now. This is what I think if I wouldn't be doing this, I wouldn't be where I'm at. Yeah. Um, I would say, like, when I when I'm in discipline mode, I have a routine. I feel like it just goes way back. It, it starts, it's, it's always like felt like a grind for me to find discipline. Like, I feel like I've always been striving to find discipline. And when I get into a discipline mode, which I'll admit I'm not in right now, but when I am in it, I would say my routine looks like getting up at around 5 a.m. And just trying to take like the first two hours, two to two and a half hours of the day to myself, like to really put me on a trajectory for the rest of the day. Um, because it's, it, it works miracles. Like it, you put yourself into like a mindset early on in the morning and anything that happens after that, you can handle it. You're super grounded. You know what I'm saying? You're like calm. You're ready for it uh, because you've prepared. And so what that looks like is like probably like getting up at like five, um, stretching for about 10 to 15 minutes just because a lot of lower back issues uh, from just injuries, playing football, weightlifting as a kid. Um, and then either getting into like a workout, right? So like it depends. It depends. If I'm if I'm bulking, if I'm trying to like put muscle on, if I'm working out in the garage in my, in my weight room, I'm going to probably eat a big breakfast after I stretch, maybe like six eggs and some rice, um, take some supplements and then get into the garage and start my workout. Uh, while I'm working out, I'm probably going to put on a podcast, an audio book. Uh, I'm going to journal. So in between sets, I'm in my, you know, I'm in my notebook, you know, I'm journaling. Uh, and this typically is like usually like an audiobook that I'm super interested in about. I, I, I'm just super big on personal development. Like I rarely read nonfiction. Um, I'm always absorbing information like constantly. I'm trying to uh, ever since I was young and we could get into this later if you want to. But like Turney, at one point I was very <coughs> ardent atheist and it actually woke me up. It was a bit of an awakening becoming an atheist because it woke me up out of this like stupor I was in and I started consuming information like, like crazy. crazy. Like I just wanted it. Like I started learning about the universe and the stars and science and, and evolution and all this. You know what I'm saying? And it really sparked a new thing in me, but that's never stopped. I haven't stopped consuming information. Now I'm like, I'm just I just want to learn. You know? Yeah. So that's what I'll do. I'll put a I'll put a book on. Um a lot of times I'll put the law of attraction on. If you haven't heard of the law of attraction, Esther Hicks, Abraham Hicks, amazing stuff. Um, it's really like based. It's what the, the, the movie, the secret was based on. You know what I'm saying? You got a lot of people talking about the law of attraction lately, but it's when you, when you put it into practice and you start and you start seeing like what happens with it, like the things that start flowing into your life. Once you change your mindset, like you'll believe in it. You will. 
you know what I'm saying? It doesn't it doesn't happen like at the snap of a finger, but it puts things in motion. Yeah. And so I'll put myself in a very positive mindset in between sets. I'll 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 journal um, positive aspects. You just put any and take anything out of your life that maybe you're you're negative about or even that you're happy about and write it down and really write in depth about it, about positivity or how positive this aspect is and just reframe that in between sets. Um, and that right there, like lifting weights, especially for a man, I think just as, us as men, like testosterone just really puts us in a really great frame of mind. Like I think people see testosterone as like this, like, Oh, macho, macho shit. Like, but it's really like for men, it's just our like, grounding hormone like it's it's like instead of it's like oh, i'm gonna go attack the world it's actually more like it's all right i got this you know what i'm saying it's like that's what it does for you it's it's a very grounding chemical um and that's what i'm trying to achieve in in that morning workout um usually after the workout i'm gonna take a shower um i'm gonna i'm gonna fuel up again and then after the shower i'm gonna calm down I'm a, my body was hyped up. I'm going to calm down and usually I'll get into a meditation, uh, meditation, usually a visualization. I'm really big into Joe Dispenza. Have you heard of Joe Dispenza? No, I have not. And his work with, uh, his, his meditation work is pretty amazing. Did you um, send me something about the holotropic breathwork woman? Um, so holotropic breathwork, that wasn't Joe Dispenza, but yeah, um, I think we might've talked about that before, but um he he's he's got some great great stuff going on it, it's kind of hard to explain because he's really smart really in depth and and uh I, I don't think i could do it justice but if you read his book becoming superhuman um or just go onto youtube and find joe dispenza like meditations they're really amazing um uh, yeah they're, they're they're phenomenal like i've had some weird experiences after having like a very deep uh, meditation. Um, uh, but typically after the meditation, like that's kind of like where my routine is, is done. And I'm like ready for the day. Um, but yeah, like I said, currently at the moment, it's weird. Cause like, I, like I was saying earlier, like my whole, like last, maybe like 10, 12 years of my life has like been leading up to like, I feel like I've been trying to get into a disciplined state. And the very end of 2022, um, you know, I ended with like just like four legit solid months of like pure discipline, like a state that I've never been in because I've always I call it the hedonic monk. I've, I'm always like either in monk mode or I'm in like hedonism. Right. So I'm either like <laughs> drinking and smoking and taking drugs and, and eating food and like just purely pleasure seeking or I'm like purely like disciplined, you know what I'm saying? And it's always like this balance and it's, I've never really like truly found this balance. Um, but like the last four months I, I did like four months of pure solid discipline. <coughs> How old are you brother? I'm 36. 36. I'll, I'll be 37 in probably a week or two. So we're March exactly 7. 10 years apart. Yeah. How old are you? 26. Are you really? Two days ago. Yeah. What's weird is I've been, I'm like friends with a lot of 26 years old, year olds right now. And it's kind of weird that you just say that, uh, just for like numerology shit. You know what I'm saying? Like I have like a few people who are 26, 26 and 22 right now. It's like a big number. 
anyway, off track. But it's it's a, it's a, it's a close a path like with with that numerology because my life mm-hmm. life path is eight. Yeah. So it's two six. It's yeah. Eight. Yeah, yeah. So it's the beginning of my journey, supposedly according to the the, the reading of, of numerology. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. But yeah, no, like as far as right now, anyway, though, like I'm just in this moment, like where I've been trying to grow so much and reach, you know, become a better person, grow as a person, become more disciplined, like catch this momentum, right, of life. And I'm at this point now where I've done that for so long that I'm actually just kind of like enjoying where I'm at. You know what I'm saying? I've reached a certain level and I'm just kind of like, you know what? I want to be content right here. And it feels so good. And it feels kind of <laughs> good. You know what I'm saying? It does feel kind of good. And I feel really grounded. I'm like happy where I'm at. Uh, my relationships are good. Like, yeah, it's just good right now. So I'm like, I'm not super stressed out. And I, I know I have much more to do and much more. I have much more growth uh, to attain and stuff like that. But at the moment, I'm just going to kind of revel in, in where I'm at. You know what I'm saying? It feels nice to just settle and say, yeah. like, this is it. Yeah. This is the moment. Yeah. Um, heading with the psychedelics, I'll, I'll drift off of the questions here a little bit, but do you feel like being that you did mind shrooms or the whole kit? And I had asked you about a kit, but you didn't bring a kit. I didn't bring a kit. So I'm if, sorry about that. If you have a YouTube video, we can always play it on here. Yeah. You know, and show the people as well. Well, definitely. Um, I don't know if you want to put in the link uh, for the video after this, but Absolutely. I have like a very cool unboxing video by like a local guy here named Chuck Collins. He's uh, uh, he's into aquaponics and he grows plants like using tilapia fish and the water runoff to it. Like is, he's, he's got a cool setup. He's a really smart dude, um, but he has like an unboxing that I'd love. Like if you want, we could kind of link it up to this video yeah, uh, so they could actually like look at um, the kit itself. Um, also, you know, mindshrooms.com, M Y N D shrooms.com has, um, our whole product lineup that you can go take a look at for sure.
of him actually opening up one of our kits straight out of the mail. Did you guys hear us when we were out? And what's really cool too is he has a guy named Chad Borson is part of the Arizona like mushroom mushroom growers society um of Arizona and he kind of does like a thorough breakdown of the kit and you know gives us some some thumbs up so pretty stoked about that one of the things that we use daily in our culinary skills and our culinary craft at home is mushrooms <laughs> Now, with the global shortage of much, with the global um, supply chain shortage, that's kind of a long on, video. But... Trying to get fresh mushrooms will cost you an arm and a leg. No, no pun intended, because they don't have arms or legs. Yeah. Should so, I uh, skip forward for that? Yeah, maybe like maybe like seven minutes or so. At your own home, and there's a local company that we have here in Tucson. It's called Mindshrooms. Yeah, right about that. My... So, yeah, that's what I would say about this. So, without further ado, let's get the opening unboxing this beautiful package from Mindstrings. Thank you for joining, Bosa. The packaging was magnificent. There was nothing to the ground. There were the, the very safe and cautious safety bags lined around the entire box. So that none of Love the Chuck, product that was the inside the the um, elements that are inside were harmed in any way whatsoever. No bumps, gashes. Man, that packaging no looked weak. No nothing. <laughs> so that's pretty positive right there. I'd also like to point out how um. Well, it to be fair, he's local, so we didn't have to give it too much. Um, oh, okay. Right. It wasn't like it sort of explains itself. UPS it did its job. Isn't that right, Ted? Like it, it, it comes I'm, apart. I'm pretty sure UPS kicks everything. The pieces every that you need <laughs> tell you how this all goes together. Like Jim Carrey. So, um, oh yeah. Chad, um, what is this box used for? What would this one be used for again? Well, the first thing I noticed when we uh, we opened this up here is this uh, tub has two holes cut in the side of it here, and uh, as you can see, it's a transparent box. It's got a lid that goes on the front of it here. That lid. There you go, sir. Um, and this is what we would call a still air box. So the uh, intention of this is giving you a clean workspace when you're doing uh, any sort of transfer of mushroom materials, either spores or uh, brain no more magic or tents. any of your, your mushrooms. What's that? No more tents. So the idea is tents? Yeah. particles fall downward, okay. whether it's there's a pretty or actually they're called like marketers in our environment and, and this like, kind of closes off your workspace yeah, like this big black your hands in here and, and have a relatively clean workspace it's not like, uh, 100% little, sterile like a yeah humidity into it and just keep it at like 90% and it's a like ruby paper i'd love to get one right on but mo had a couple i can build one i i've built one before but i didn't use them for mushroom i got to tell you man the first thing one of the first things that hit me was how dope the logo is. Like, how cool is the packaging from this company? Throw it back there, bro. Also, uh, yeah. first thing I noticed Backyard. Out in the sun. That's your UV. Four print uh, design on it. Yeah, I've done, I've done both packaging. makeup. I like, cool. Uh, cool logo. I, I prefer growing it. So it's a little more controlled. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I heard. Shall we uh, go ahead and let's go for it, brother. Right. Let's go for it. No idea what we're looking at in here. Isn't that the joy to it, folks? Yeah. No idea. 
Again, very cool packaging, solid. I should have brought you a shirt. You should have. Yeah. Got All right. Mine shirt. I'm going to have to order you one. Uh, yeah. We're late on our some of our deliveries. I'll bring you one. I got one just laying at the house. I, should, I was totally was meant to grab it, and I forgot. For sure. Yeah. Excel, bro. <laughs> I love our logo. Like, the logo itself is just dope. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I love the colors. Like, you got some cocoa core. Uh, which is something that we all use in gardening quite a bit. Um, there's a nice little wafer. Uh, probably will hydrate perfectly to fit those boxes that right we on, uh, sir. pulled out earlier. Light bulb. Not sure where that goes yet. Yeah, it's it's a pretty, I have an idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty basic kit. Little and and so most kids are. Um, the thing, the reason we created Mind Shrooms is because there's so much information also, online, uh, right? Like when I first started growing mushrooms, there was all these different techniques, all these different mediums that you grow with, all these different grains, all this different, all this different stuff. And really it like all got jumbled together. You know what I'm saying? And you really didn't know what to put together, like do this with this and this, and you'll do this. And and it's like, okay, like we, instead of you going through the painful process of learning how to do this for a year and then starting to get a grasp on it, like we have everything right here, one-stop shop and, and you have one technique and this is like a very basic technique, a very, uh, a very, um, a good technique. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's like solid. You can grow mushrooms every time. It's just a matter of staying clean and staying like uh, sterile in your environment. We'll go over some um, some spotting, you know, of that because oh, like, I've seen it where where you see it funky or you, you see the symptoms, but I don't know exactly what they are, you know, or how is it that you spot them? Because I'm aware of like you know where they're just not there or they're not working or something happens, but it's just something's going on with the mushroom. Yeah. Therapy for me, I think when the pandemic <laughs> happened, yeah, yeah. when COVID hit, um, I had a lot of time to myself. And I have been going and going and going for so long. That's a that nice I, commercial. I hadn't really taken. While, while Chad's doing it, I just wanted to say real quick um, what we're doing in Tucson is we're trying to keep this as eco friendly and as clean as possible. Um, Chad has been a pioneer at this for years and years and years. He's probably forgotten more stuff about environmental care than I have learned. All right. So um, he's like, the, he's really the guy out here. And when I met the folks from Mindstrom, um, it automatically clicked in that we're all on the same goal and we're all on the same path. We're trying to provide a healthier, uh, a, a healthier alternative to what we're getting from the stores and obviously and that's all plastic and stuff but it's reusable like you can use that over and over so and make sure you check them out okay. Okay. but it is all organic like you don't have to worry right. like so that's the great thing about it right like you know where your shit's wrapping. coming from yeah. you know what i'm saying like you don't have to worry about eating something that has crossed hands 10 times before you saw it and uh this little tape has what's called microfilm tape so it's actually for allow the um the grain and the uh, mushrooms to breathe without letting anything into the environment so that micro tape there on the top uh 
allow oxygen and other gases to exchange without allowing contaminants to enter. Got another one, man. This is a fourth jar, so we'll have to see what the yeah. colors mean. They may already be inoculated. I don't. They are not. See any <laughs> in here, so Does that mean it's been boiled or what? Um, no, like so. Inoculated just means like we put you actually put spores into oh. that. So what oh. is opening right there is grain that has been sterilized in a pressure cooker or like an autoclave, and. Um, it's kind of what you do when like you pan foods you know if you want to yeah. store foods for a long time you have to boil them at a high enough heat that it kills off all the bacteria and that's what you're doing right there is you're doing that and then you inject the spores in there and then they have a clean environment to, to proliferate right so like they don't because if you if you if you do have any you know other mold or anything in there it's going to overtake the the mycelium that is all. Little uh, coupon card in there as well. That's super cool. So yeah, we've got our our vermiculite, which will maintain moisture in our environment. Once that's uh, soaked and hydrated, that's a good way to maintain moisture. Um, and then we've got our grain jars here. That's cool. So, um, in regards to a mine shrooms, in a package all right we're gonna cut that video there you know other than unless all righty and we're back so explain a little bit more brother of what the reason why was you you made it because of the sanitary purpose and as well to put out more knowledge so that people are aware to how to actually grow it yeah yeah so we the reason we made mind shrooms um is to make it easy basically make it there's a learning curve right yeah it's like i it i learned from scratch like by basically just researching online going through forums going on to youtube watching videos but it was hard for me personally to like piece it all together and like what worked with what mm -hmm. so if i would have had a kit like this I probably would have saved myself a year's worth of like trial and error. You know, I'm not saying that the trial and error isn't bad. It made me a great grower, but you can be on the same level I'm at with, you know, with a, with a proper kit like this mm -hmm. in just a very short amount of time. So we put it all together and, and yeah, it's like, so we do a lot of the hard part for you. Like we sterilize that grain, we sterilize, um, the the food source for the mushroom um and you can do this again it's more for ease you you could do this but you'd probably go out and spend a hundred dollars on a pressure cooker um or three hundred dollars on an autoclave if you want to do like bulk mushrooms um you know what i'm saying so um and that's just for that process plus you need jars you need the grain you need the cocoa choir you need some towers you need yeah, you need the jars with the injection ports. You need to buy your spores. So it's like, you know, there's a lot of pieces. And, and to the it. spores, do you get them online or do you? Yeah, so you can buy spores online. Um, spores can be sold by themselves for microscopy, basically. That's kind of like the loophole with it. Um, I couldn't sell you psilocybin spores with my kit because then you would have the intent to be growing them. Right? Yeah. So that would make them illegal. So like we're playing in the, in, you know, in the gray area, uh, as far as like the kits go. 
Um, everything that we sell is absolutely legal. Um, you know, you're taking, you're basically taking the risk. But now you know? essentially you can potentially use this kit to, as a homegrown kit for any type of mushroom. It yeah, doesn't yeah. have so to be a psychedelic as well. It, it doesn't. And, and it can be, it can be for other mushrooms. I've grown lion's mane mushrooms with my kit. I've grown oysters with my kit. Um, so yeah, you can definitely grow medicinal and gourmet mushrooms with it for sure. So essentially there's no yeah. gray lining the way I see it, you know, because yeah. it's, it's all I guess like, I'm just being kind of upfront about it. Like we're, we're selling to like, <laughs> the, you're going to use this to grow. Yeah, we're, we're, we're selling to the magic farmer. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah. but they're, if you wanted to grow other stuff, you definitely could, you know, yeah. like, and that's what makes it cool because yeah. it's a kit for, for all type of cultivation within yeah. the fungi. Right. Yeah, for sure. Bro. That's, that's very unique. And to me, it's like, we all, the people that I'm trying to bring onto the podcast have some type of cultivation and creativity with some type of natural source, whether it be music, whether it be some type of entrepreneurship or exactly like yourself with the, the, the hard vegetables or the hard medicinal herbs as well. Mm -hmm. um, so like all of that combined with religious practice and beliefs, I believe you said you were a very predominant atheist until recently, right? Um, what was that religion that, or that practice that you are currently withheld in and you're like, oh, I'm no longer an atheist because I have this belief? Or is it just that you have a belief of not having a belief, which is still considered you and not, yeah. not an atheist? <laughs> that, that, no, that, no, that's a great question. And that's a question that I've been like kind of grappling with myself over the last like year or so. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's like, yeah it's like like we talk we say the word spiritual like it's thrown around a lot like yeah. every day now all the time it seems and it's like i'm trying to figure out if i am actually spiritual or not if like like what that is because it's like i wouldn't even say like i'm not gonna say that i went from being an atheist to being like oh there's a god now you know what i'm saying i still i still have a lot of you know the base the basis of my belief is that like like i don't see god as like a bearded man in the sky you know what i'm saying it's like i'm not running towards christianity or catholicism like i still kind of abhor those kind of religions a little bit you know what i'm saying i don't abhor them but like i have they just don't they don't make sense to me you know what i'm saying i feel like it's it's so it's not it's not like easily broken down but it, it's not like simplistic it can be it can be thought of in a very profound way but but to me like god is god would be something that is so much more beautiful and this is the thing brother you know that, that with the like, scriptures or the things that practices yeah. in cult a parable can be translated in a lot of forms yeah it can be so it, the psychology can, behind the, 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 the tonality or the way that yeah. a person is speaking and that's what we need to become informed on yeah you know like this is there's back things to backstories to backstories to, yeah. to make it logical because mm -hmm. everything has some type of logic so what is the the motive or what is the intention be between the pilgrim and the uh preacher you know so what is the connection between both of them what is the motive within the preacher is it just because he needs a number is it because he needs some type of sense mm -hmm. but a parable can be interpreted in various ways whether it be good or bad mm -hmm. it's just like 
it's just weird like to me sometimes i just feel like <laughs> and that's why i've drawn myself to more towards yeah. energy bro because like if yeah. i feel like if i feel uncomfortable in the beginning i know it's going to be a good person but yeah. if i feel so comfortable with this person i have to be on my feet yeah. or it's like a good a good person is going to be make me feel uneasy at the beginning because like this is a new grounding energy yeah. that i've never felt yeah and if it's something that's static that you kind of get that rhythm of this, this person's fake yeah. like or they're just putting a front yeah. they're going through something you know that you feel that vibration yeah and that's what i feel like i've gotten drawn more to with my practice like it's like a sixth sense now like mm -hmm. okay like it's like I'm feeling still uncomfortable at this point. Okay, so like you you talked about it's Yaruba, right? Yoruba. Yeah. So so that's that's a part of this question, right? Like to me is like um you have a specific thing, right? And I I don't. I like I'll say that. I don't have a specific thing, but I feel like I am almost in search of that specific thing. Um because and we'll call my madrina right now on the line. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah, I would love that. But but I don't but I'm okay with that right now because I'm it's it's like I just came out of this kind of like gray hole of atheism that kind of drug me down a little bit. It at first it woke me up, it opened me up and I'm I'm grateful for it, but in the end it kind of took me down like a very like bland like gray path that I didn't like and I'm coming out of that right now and I'm okay and I'm searching, right? I'm searching for something. And I really uh, like Taoism. I really like Taoism. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the teachings and the thought behind it. Um, the book, the Kaibalian uh, Hermetic Philosophy. Super, super. I resonate with that on an on a extreme level, right? Because that book, uh, it talks about the, uh, the seven principles of Hermetic Philosophy. And the very first one is that the all is mind. Uh, the universe is mental, right? And I, the way I took that, the way I took that is that we are God's mind. God's mind is the universe. God's mind, when God thinks something, it becomes actual. And somewhere in the universe, it's it's becoming a thing. And there may be uh, infinite and multiple universes all around us, right? So, uh, and we are, we are as humans on this earth are an aspect of God's mind. We are here. And as far as we know, we are the only ones that have consciousness in, in the sense that humans do. Right. We, we all have our translation of what we call God and you know, exactly. how he says God to him yeah. is it's, it's almost like a source. Yeah. Or, and that's or what I'm saying. You, power. I'm yeah. saying God because it's more, it's more, you know, people can resonate yeah with it's God. more but malleable for me, well, yes. for me I, I do call it source i do call it an energy i do call it a field exactly you know what i'm saying and i do feel uh connected to that field but what i'm saying is like we are we are a conscious uh being we are conscious beings that in a sense we are god recognizing itself we are the universe recognizing our itself because we are we are actually able to look into the stars and look into farther galaxies with telescopes and do science and look down into microbes through through microscopes and we are able to kind of get all this data and we are we are learning ourselves now once we say god this is another th thing to put out because mm -hmm. a lot of people have a sense of like 
high pedestal and it's almost like a humbling sense when you figure it out and i'm not saying that i have because i have not, nothing to, that i have learned that that i can say that is mine you know knowledge is just wisdom that we all carry mm -hmm. uh, but it's like a transparent i lost my train of thought there bro what were we talking about what have you said? no yet so all i'm really saying like all i'm really getting to is like as as it is is that all is mine the god is 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 a mind and we are conscious of that and we are learning ourselves then that we then spirituality to me is a form of learning about yourself is learning who you are and on a deep on a deep level of becoming self-aware learning your learning about your your blind spots and and your the the things that you want the things that you are actually not aware of that uh -huh. are kind of bringing you know bringing you down or or you know what i'm saying do you it, get what i'm saying it's, it's like a deeper deeper knowing about yourself and to it's, me that it's is like the coming spiritual. of the awareness right yeah sorry to interrupt there bro no yeah it's the coming of awareness where where the conscious becomes conscious of what it's doing mm -hmm. but until you take the conscious effect of change then that that becomes the transition or what a lot of religions call it transformation right or renacimiento or reincarnation you know a lot of religions take it into the, the physical sense or where the mind actually has a sense of translating these things as a mm -hmm. renovation yeah. like baptism mm -hmm. like um, the initiation of any sarana with any yoga mm -hmm. and like the initiation with santeria or any type of traditional cult there are processes that sense with like you're saying like well you're studying psychology it's a sense of psychology where it triggers your mind to go into a state of being. Yeah. It's not saying that the effort person, it's going to be the same or everybody's going to have the same experience. We might have a more what this uh, generation or what this world calls as spiritual, mm -hmm. but it might be a higher sense of just connection between our ancestors and what they carry in knowledge. And that's what I feel. Sorry about that. <clears throat> that's what they carried in field to teach us and that's why i have high respect for an elder you know yeah. or, or any with any religion yeah. whether if if i'm a year smaller than you or you're 10 years younger than me if you are a higher elder where you have some sense of knowledge i will show my respect regardless of the person but it seems to be like it's like something that they are brought to to, to give like whether if you're a pastor or whether you're not and my son ever becomes or my daughter ever becomes that i will give them the grant passage because I have nobody to, to say anything in their lives. You know? Yeah. 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 No, absolutely. No. And it, <coughs> yeah. Ultimately, like I've, I agree with that. And I just feel like the way I'm, the way I, my mind works and the way, the way I perceive things is that I see us all as part of this naturalistic way of being like, when you look at Buddhism and like Hinduism, and like the lotus flower and it's like you see these psychedelic images and, and and psychedelics are a super huge part of my belief system because they've given me mystical experiences that i can't i can i'll never forget right yeah. and it is it's like this lotus flower that's um infinitely unfolding we're always unfolding like there there is no end point you know what i'm saying like there's no destination and if there is it's death you know what I'm saying? And it's just going to take us into a cycle, just like nature. You know, it's like, it's always, it's infinite. Everything is infinite. And, um, and, and it's, it, you see that in a lot of different, um, 
in a lot of different places, not just in Hinduism and Buddhism, but you see that in like Aztec and Mayan culture. You know what I'm saying? Like you see, you see the fractals, you know yep. what I'm saying? Like fractals is in everything, you know, they, they see, they even say like fractals are calming to humans. That's why when we go into cities, like when we're in big cities and we're surrounded by these big buildings that are just kind of like, you know, square and there's room, 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 room. It's just floors of rooms. Like it's just, it's just bland to us. And that's why we get depression. And you know what I'm saying? Like it's, there's always this noise, like this background hum of cars and people talking and you know what I'm saying? But when you get down to nature, you have the fractals, you have the branches breaking off. You have the root systems that are look like our lungs. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, it's nature. And when we get out into nature, we actually become less depressed. You know what I'm saying? When we hear the birds chirping, not the sounds of cars passing. You know what I'm saying? And that's, that's what like, that Santeria brought me to, bro. Like everything we did was a process to nature. We have to you know, do the process of the initiation, the process, the process of cleansing. Yeah. And then after we cleanse, it's, it's, it's like an, it's, I can break it down and, and it's not, it's not degrading the religion or the practice yeah. <clears throat> where you have to go through a sense of self cleanse, whether you don't practice sexuality for three days. I'm not saying it's bad, but it's a sense of reverence to yourself. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a, a, um, abstinence to oneself not saying that you have to be abstinent for the rest of your life but prior to doing this this uh initiation or or anything with the religion as it is or they, they call it religion but they call it a practice mm -hmm. um it seems to be because of the purity or the sense of purity that one has in their psychological self that's that's the lizards there's a couple in here. <laughs> i can sense them. <laughs> yeah man so each step it, per se like you were coming to me you said I, I feel like my wife did something to me because i feel it like there's some dark spirit following me mm -hmm. there would be an investigation where you come to my madrina and then she reads you the shells you know when mm -hmm. she reads you the shells then after the interrogation, they will let her know, you know, through the investigation, what is actually going on. Sometimes it's nothing. It's all in our heads. But within that reading, let's say you say that you feel hard headaches and that you can't sleep, that you feel somebody scratching at your neck. Mm -hmm. And then she goes to the point where she takes you to the river and then she tells you, look in, your, in, in the river, you know, what do you see? Do you see anything behind you? And she just makes your mind work. And it's almost like a psychological process, like you're saying, like you have to do certain techniques or certain practices mm -hmm. to, to start from base one to go to the first, you know, yeah. where we start to the past regression or the actual trauma or how to intercept it. It's yeah, almost yeah. the same theory yeah. because you're taking this person out to nature mm -hmm. to understand their, their visual senses, their sensations, their, their uh, um, knowing of sense within nature, mm -hmm. as I like to say it, you know, and, and she would take me to water a lot as the reading would say, because the water was some type of purification. It is. And it, it, it was like, I would go to, to give to Oshun, and Oshun was always there for me, and she was like the representation of sexuality, the representation of honey, of gold, um, oranges. Uh, and she's just some type of purity. She has a sister called Yemaya, which is the queen of the ocean. 
Oya, which is the queen of the cemetery. And all these deities have some type of sense of, of grounding to whatever person needs that help at what sense. Um, I had a reading prior to me being booked into to, to jail um, by Ogun, who said that I was going to be booked. In a sense, I feel like that was not, it wasn't a trap, but it was like a psychological sense that it was instilled into me so that I would go because yeah. it was something that I was so powerful and, and connected with the theory of it happening that it happened because my projection was already there because the things that she had instilled in me, I don't know if it's some type of psychological sense, like you're saying, like they have the ability to type of hypnosis or, or put you into a state of mind. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's the healing, like shamans, you know, they put you into that, that holding your space and, and, and actually sharing that experience with you. And you feel that type of vibration when it happens or that closure. Yeah. That wasn't a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I feel that sense like with, with Santeria, but where it's like you are drawn back to nature. You are drawn back to, to your finding your senses, who you are and what you feel. And then the weirdest part, bro is that when she left my madrina had some issues going on with her her uh, son and she had to leave and it was all spontaneous she left and she told me you know what you need to come and pick up some stuff from my house and i was like okay cool I was like, probably some coconuts or some flowers that she's giving me because she would always give me these things to do so it was like okay i'm, I'm gonna go pick it up and i get there and she's like oh i'm leaving I was like, oh, what? What, what? what do you mean where you leave? <laughs> She's like, I have to go. Um, if you can come and pick up the rest tomorrow. She's like, there's a couple boxes in the house I need you to pick up. And when I go into the house, her entire bedroom is there. Her furniture, her, her everything. Yeah. Like it was just intact. Like she had just gone out to the store. Yeah. So I was like, what's going on? And she calls me the next day after she had left. She's like, I need you to take all my stuff and, and put it in your garage. Or do something with it. And it was all her sinks. So she left me her her santos. She left me all her 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 religion and practice, her ogun, her her everything. And it was just like to me, it was like shit. Like it was, it felt like my mom had died. Like that's how it felt. Yeah. And 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 it was like spontaneous because I would talk to her after, and she's like, I I, I can't talk for much. And she was going with some issues, and she was being manipulated by her son. So her son did some horrible things to her, and in, in that sense. She came back and things happened. But after the, the time that she left, there was a couple of, of, of pra uh, not a practice. It was more of a, uh, we did a closure and then we did it in a, um, a ceremony or a closing ceremony. Those are the things I can share. But when we did that ceremony, there was a lot of things that were brought out to light within myself about what I needed to fix, about where I needed to go. And I found myself going back to the river and I found energies there, like not, not in this realm or maybe in this realm that helped me pro progress. Like the river was like some type of connection where she left something for me. Like, I don't know if it was just the deity in the sense that she was helping me there, but I felt some type of healing there. And every time I would go back there, it was like I was learning something. Yeah. And, and to this day, you know, there's only a couple hands of people that I share that location to where like it's like still some sacred spot to me where like I go back and it's like this is where I started. You know, This yeah. is the, the falling grounds of the battlefield. Yeah. And you look at everything. It's like shit. Like I, I did it like it's still there. But, you know, you still got to come back and continue to heal. Mm -hmm. But it's just like a it's a good it's a good totem to take from that. But like you were saying, bro, nature, it's always there. It's always been in, in I, 
always, you know, pledge to people or tell people, you know, go to nature, take some hikes, go out walking out of your house, just walk to Walmart, walk to, I don't know, just walk. Yeah. And as long as you move that body, bro, I feel like air hitting you in the face, the trees just moving, the birds flying by, whether you're in the city or anywhere, it just helps to oh, just yeah. move. Absolutely. Yeah. Sorry if I went off on a tangent there. No, please do. <laughs> Bro, why did you choose entrepreneurship within Mindtrips? Or why did you go to that level to say, hey, we need to take this to the public? Or what was the idea that sparked it where it was like, shit, we're going to do it because we're going to do it because I know this is going to have some impact in mm-hmm. the future or the long run. Yeah. Well, obviously, like, unless you're not paying attention, like, there's – if you're into psychedelics, you're noticing that there is a psychedelic like renaissance going on right now. Yeah. Like it's almost like almost like what a collective, you think, I believe, you know? Yeah, it's like what you would think of like from the 70s and the early the 60s, you know what I'm saying? But it's like it's like revamped, you know what I'm saying? It's like, all right, we went through that and now like we kind of fucked it up back then. You know what I'm saying? Like you have people like Timothy Leary who are just like, tune in, turn in and drop out you know like it was like this counterculture thing and it was like you know fuck the establishment it was like this real it was like you know free love and of course the government didn't want that shit they didn't want people expanding their consciousness and stuff like that you know but like we were so overt about like out out outward about it that it just kind of got shut down a little bit you know what i'm saying and there's a lot i i from what I've read, there's a lot of things that happen that have kind of set psychedelics back a very long way because of the way we approached it. But now we're a little bit smarter and now we have people like Rick Doblin and like MAPS, that that whole um, organization that is going about it the right way. So now we're starting to see psychedelics as we're, as we've saw marijuana and cannabis over the years come up like medicinally, like that's how you get legalization is you go the medicinal route. And we're starting to see that. Yes. Psychedelics are medicinal. They are therapeutic even more than we've ever thought they could be, you know, they're, 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 they're treating PTSD. They're treating, they're treating addiction. They're treating all kinds of things. You know what I'm saying? So that was a little bit of the motivation for us to do this because we're like, it, it's like you want to catch trends, right? Like you want to catch trends before they're trends. You know what I'm saying? And like we very much felt like we were on the early starting points of of what is to come in other what, words what so my creatives think. you know it's like yeah. he, he was catching his creativity or he was putting yeah. his creativity out because like how you said it like it's mm-hmm. catching the trend it, it, yeah it's like um you're setting yourself you're, you're putting yourself down in the sense i in the way i see it because mm-hmm. it's like your creativity is so expansive to, to compare it to anything else yeah because what comes out of your mind can be so pure yeah and i felt myself in that point where i'm like looking up shit on pinterest or on youtube like I want a good shot. Like, what is the the good aperture? What's the good ISO? Or what right. do I need to mimic? Yeah. When I freelance and I'm just like, I'm gonna do it how I want to, and I'm gonna tweak it up how I like it. That's mm-hmm. when my my work shows. Right. 
but if I'm copying or if I'm mimicking a trend or something like you said, mm-hmm. because it's already a trend, yeah, I need to have that creativity to put it out. And it's not like we're not like by no means mimicking. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, because you like, you started it pretty much. This is like like we this is something that we were passionate about, like we've been passionate about, and now we're seeing that it's gaining traction in in the mainstream, which is also a little bit of kind of like a push and pull like a budding heads of how do i say it i don't know it's like it's weird because mushrooms are sacred right yeah like they're medicines they are sacred and i and it was kind of like it's kind of like you you're supposed to give people mushrooms you know what i'm saying like you can use them as a a monetary source you can people sell mushrooms and stuff and people take mushrooms recreationally but like when you hold them sacred um and they're and they're special it's like yes you want a bunch of people to to experience them and to have them but it almost feels sacrilegious to like sell yeah you know what i'm saying like yeah. it, it almost feels it, it almost goes against my like morals and ethics to like want to sell mushrooms and that, that goes saying? to a second thought, thought to, yeah. to the people or the folks who believe this like mm-hmm. where if you have a sense of putting something monetary, no, don't doesn't necessarily make it sadistic, and that's it where duality comes yeah. into play. Like yeah, exactly. if you if you have that dual perspective of saying like just because you have a monetary sense to it, mm-hmm. I have animals, I have to feed them. How the fuck am I going to feed them? Exactly. Well, I have to sell second thing to what it, my admiration is, and, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, my passion has become something of my public sense. Well, why I say unfortunately because. I've never wanted to put any monetary sense to what I love. Right. But it just developed. Yeah. I've never pushed it to, to sell anybody because it's like, if you're, if you see my joy, if you mm-hmm. see my passion, if you see can, what I can do with these animals, yes. by just working and putting that flow. Yeah. Maybe you have an interest. Yeah, exactly. And if you don't, by all means, I'm okay. Well, because- it's, kind of, it's kind of like what we talked about when you were on my podcast, right? It's like, instead of like going out and trying to conquer, we're trying to build our web and bring, bring people to us and like the people who really resonate with us will come to us and and if they believe in in what we're doing and you know the price doesn't really matter yeah you know what i'm saying it's not it 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 essentially it doesn't become about money it becomes about the mission honestly bro i've enjoyed this right now and i find myself in days you know like within the past year where I barely started shipping and I had issues or I had animals that had delays and just customer issues where I had to recompense. Mm-hmm. And if people don't know it, if you buy anything above $800 with us, you get $100 back from the referral if somebody refers. Yeah. $200 back if it's 1500 and above. So if <clears throat> I would have issues, I would be out for food's work of a week. So I had to hustle it out, either sell something or go sell my blood or do something crazy to, to get on my feet. Mm-hmm. or go do Uber, whatever. But it was like, I found myself in a rut where I was just going back and back and back until I set forward my routine where I was like, shit, I'm going to do this on a daily mm-hmm. because if I don't, I'm not going to succeed in what I want to do. And once I started putting out my work and showing it and marketing it more, I've had, I had more traction because it was just me showing off my animals. Nobody was being sold anything. Nobody was being told, hey, buy this animal right now. Here's the price. No. It was like, you have to reach out to me if you feel that sense. Yeah. Almost like something spiritual, like yeah, a connection. Absolutely. Because these animals, they honestly require a lot of thinking where it's like, I'm not saying that anybody can, can, can keep them. But what the thing is, is putting that, that work in, 
You have to read the, the, the previous husbandry from other keepers. What area do you live in? Mm-hmm. What are the specific temperatures that you have to have on your thermostats? Like it's not something that everybody is used to, but they can be. Yeah. You know, they just it's repetition like anything. You just got to work the muscle. Mm-hmm. But if if you can keep something like this, you know, in your home, it can make you happy and, and make his life happy by him not being out in nature. If, if you have a wild caught or if you have something that was produced, which is something that I recommend, just mm-hmm. always get captive bread if you can. Yeah. You know, it's 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 logical. Why are you going to take something out of nature when you can continue to have something that's been produced already? Yeah. The genetics are strong. There's no parasitical problems. Yeah. You know, it's it's just second sense. Yeah. Don't Same go to PetSmart. Yeah. Same thing with mushrooms. Yeah. Don't like go to PetSmart. You pet can smart. isolate genetics. Like, you isolate really? genetics and, like, yeah, you get... you. you can, can you make mutations? You can. It's pretty tough. You have to be pretty... You have to be pretty knowledgeable. I, I couldn't do it right now. I can I can do I can grow, but I I I'm not at the level of crossing genetics yet. Okay. You know, yeah. What is the process of that? Is it just a uh, spore release, or what is it? What is the timing that you of start? what just growing or just crossing crossing? Honestly, that like that's not even my scope. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I've heard people talking about it, and they've done it, um, but essentially, I think it has more to do with spores uh and combining spores and then it proliferating from that point but yeah i i I couldn't even speak on that but what i do want to kind of go back to was what you're just saying there and it like what it really comes down to is um you know just like for me it's it's ultimately why i love i love the mind shrooms business but i have chosen to go back to school and further my knowledge and, 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 and become a, a therapist or a clinical, you know, psychologist, um, and go into psychedelic therapy because ultimately I find that I would be much more fulfilled knowing that I'm in, I'm still in that realm, that industry, but I'm helping people. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I'm helping people by selling kits and 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 allow, having them be able to grow their own medicine that is helping but I want to be like hands on like I want to like I want I want everybody to know the true um power and the true like blessings of these psychedelics you know what I'm saying and like experience it firsthand and like I think that's what's drawing me towards that realm rather than just the the kind of grow kit business you know i'm i'm having this stronger tug towards that you know yeah, yeah. And, and and i i love the way that you promote it brother because it, it, the, the more that you put the sense of it being something to be honored or something to be revered um the more sense that people think like this is, shouldn't be something that I take on a daily or should it be abused, you know, because the moment that you, that you abuse anything, I believe it does become sacrilegious to a sense. Yeah. It's like, re- yeah. Recreational, like honestly, and, and I'm not putting this down. Right. But like you offered me, bud, like you offered me uh, some smoke and I, and I told you, I'm kind of like cleansing from it. And I've been, I've been smoking cannabis pot since I was 13 years old. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like, for damn near like 25 years, three years now. And it just, it hits me a little bit different. So I have backed off quite a bit, but it's not because I don't want to smoke it. 
it's because I'm trying to reestablish my relationship with Mary Jane. Like I really am. Like I'm trying to use even cannabis in more of a ceremonial aspect. Really? Like I'm, tr- I'm trying to do less with recreational. This is a ceremony. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, it totally is. It totally is. But you know what I'm saying? Like even I came up like that, even with mushrooms, I, I completely, I completely abused mushrooms before I've completely abused DMT before, you know what I'm saying? And these are all like very sacred molecules that we should not be doing (coughs) that. We should not be like desecrating, you know what I'm saying? And like, I'm, I'm just me personally, I'm trying to get on a more ceremonial level with all of these things and use them as tools for growth rather than, um, party drug so something that i like the question and this comes to somebody that that looks towards knowledge in the past right as as, as history has taught us a lot but as well within culture and what's been taught by our elders so if it's considered sacrilegious going thousands of years previous to where there was no sense of consciousness and people would stumble upon these things Mm -hmm. in some way consciousness became acquired through that maybe it might have been a way of acquiring consciousness or the Holy Grail, um, was it still considered sacrilegious? Sacrilegious. Um, I don't know if I'm getting. I, I don't know if I'm getting your question, but like if if like if it weren't any sense of ceremonial process, and this yeah. plant had already existed. Mm-hmm. What would be your type of sense thinking like what if somebody just stumbled upon this and just no adjusted? yeah yeah no okay i get what you're saying now yeah um yeah well of course it wouldn't you know i think it it took it took those people like the first people to stumble upon it and we could even go into like stone date theory like this yeah. is how we gain con- uh, you know consciousness that's what i was like saying like, yeah maybe, for sure maybe you're not yeah. yeah yeah but i think it's also like in our brain's nature to to kind of like <laughs> like use these substances you know what i'm saying it's it it's not sacrilegious until you you deem it sacred you know what i'm saying and it, it wasn't deemed sacred up until a certain point until we like kind of had society and, and those things you know i mean what but saying? what is sacred at the same time i mean we can't really put a sense of that terminology yeah, well you can and until you have a, a really mystical experience then you feel like you met god and then you're like okay that's important yeah. And then it's just like, it's like, no, it's not just mead. You and know? It, and it's, it's not just like liquor. Like <laughs> shit based. It's, I just met God. And then now it's sacred to me. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And like these things, like, I don't know. Like I said, they, they can be abused. They can still be abused, but I think that's more of a sense that I'd like to portray rather of it being yeah. unsacred or not. Yeah. If you're in a good two of mind mm-hmm. and you say, I have a setting, I'm not partying. I have a setting where I'm doing something productive with mm-hmm. this and yeah. having good a good you know vibe going on because it's all about setting I believe with, yeah. with mushrooms yeah absolutely or any type of psychedelic um, then at that point that's not sacrilegious you know or, or what you might consider the term of sacrilegious I consider yeah. it more as if I feel you like take I said to... sacrilegious out of term no earlier, I, it's because I? it's my it's okay. my, my I was like did I say it but I just I, want them yeah, to portray yeah, yeah. that as well because yeah, there's yeah. different perspectives as well out there okay good there I was might like, be one that it's stupid as I didn't know if I just spoke <laughs> or something but yeah no I get what you're saying yeah. yeah yeah so like then at that point you know it's it's something that we just should honor and use it as medicinal like if you're taking ibuprofen I'm not saying that ibuprofen is good 
if you're taking something that's you know prescribed, it's the same thing. It's something yeah. that should be prescribed. You should take in a setting. You shouldn't be fucking driving. You should just be relaxing and, and you know taking it in in nature, whether what setting you're being, as long as it's a good holding your your moment and you're trying to do something productive with it. Yes. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. So, okay, this brings me into another another thing, right? So. I've been, I've been really deeply thinking about how <laughs> to be on the totally opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah, I've been really thinking about how one would use a mushroom for a recreational purpose, but not in the aspect of like just going and partying, right? Microdosing. So yes, there's microdosing, and then there's macrodosing, right? So you have microdosing. What is the difference? So microdosing is going to be is considered a subperceptual dose where you take an amount, but you don't have any psychoactive effects. Excuse me. But you're going to experience a little bit of clarity of mind. Maybe colors are a little bit brighter, too. And this is typically what happens to me. You have a little bit of an uplifted mood, but you're not seeing streams like you're you know your hands are not looking all crazy you're not tripping out you can go and function in in everyday life but it's a subperceptual dose that typically is about a tenth of a gram or less i've found that my sweet spot is about 0 0.08 grams for a microdose that gets me uh it gives me it gives me energy um i am able to form thoughts pretty pretty coherently pretty quickly it's almost like a nootropic when you take it in that sense and you can actually have in, intentions with it just like i would want anybody to have an intention even if they took a macro dose but even when you're taking a micro dose you want to have an intention as to why you're taking it do you want to be more productive at work do you want to be more creative do you want to uh you know whatever it is you can have a mission with it you know what i'm saying and this and, and these they don't they don't they don't give you the superpower to do it, but they kind of like will give you a spark and be like, oh, this is what I need to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, so there's the microdose and then the macrodose is a large dose where you're basically in the spirit world. You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? You're tripping. But what I'm talking about is that middle ground where it's like a half gram or maybe it's like a, a gram and a half where, you know, a gram and a half for someone who's never taken mushrooms will probably send you into a trip you know, depending on your chemical makeup, but like in the half gram to a gram range, I've been at home, right? I've been, I, I've been at work. I came home from work one day, super bad mood, like just feeling really weird. I remember I took a half gram of mushrooms and it was like a Friday and I was just hanging out with my family and it was one of the most profound experiences ever, even off of half of a gram of mushroom, because my heart just kind of opened up, my mind kind of settled down, I calmed down. And what happened was like, normally, like say I wouldn't have taken this mushroom, I would have been maybe cranky, I'd have been like, maybe my kids might've annoyed me a little bit, or I would have just wanted to like zone out on TV or drink like some beer or something, you know what I'm saying? I completely opened up and it ended up becoming like my kids felt my energy and they like came into the room and they were being funny and silly. And like 
my wife came and sat next down down next to me you know what i'm saying and we were listening to music on the tv and just kind of just being right we were just there like having a really great time and i wasn't tripping but my i had a body buzz i felt really good but i was i forgot about all those issues and problems like i left those at, at the door you know what i'm saying and it got me really thinking about how we can use mushrooms as as just something that can kind of enhance our day-to-day lives you know what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. if we allow them to open up it could be something like a marijuana like cannabis you know what i'm saying to like take the edge off after at the end of the day um i think you may have to get gain a little bit of experience with the mushroom to do this but it's very possible and i think there's i think there's a realm that 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 there's there's a space for recreational use of mushrooms, but we have to be in touch with ourselves and we have to be um, kind of knowledgeable and, and, and have expectations and have, um, you know, uh, we, we, we have to know what we want to do with them, you know, yeah. if that makes sense. A but, purpose. Yeah, but I, it, it's weird. It, to me, it feels like that is a space that hasn't really been touched upon. Yeah. You know? And that's something that you're, you're doing with mind shrooms, right? That's kind of a those those thoughts are kind of the, that's completely separate. I mean, obviously, mind shrooms are we want it to be in every home. You know what I'm saying? We want anybody who wants to do it to be able to grow mushrooms to be able to do it. Um, but that for me, that aspect, what I just spoke on, is more of like a in my mind, it's like a it's like a manual, it's like a book. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like a guide. It's like it's it's almost like a how to. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, I feel like there's a project there that I really, I think once most people like, once mushrooms are a little bit more mainstream and they're a little bit more, um, you know, people have much more experience with them. This would be something that, that a topic that we can actually like extrapolate on, you know what I'm saying? But I feel like it's one of those things that's like a trend. It's like, I feel like this is ahead of the game. So it's like, I don't think people are ready for it yet, but it's like, how can we use mushrooms in our everyday life? So you're like the, the, uh, you know, uh, Apple stage, you know, we're in the garage right now Yeah, <laughs> with that brand new idea. That's what I loved about your idea, man. I, I, I've gotten things pitched at me, you know, like this new invention or this insurance product, you know, will change your life stuff like that you can you can get the sense mm-hmm. but you actually see things that that actually have you done research on and you're like well there's nothing out there that close to next to this you know yeah so and with the customer base as well and the customer service that you have like it's 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 something that you can see a future in an evolution coming from yeah, it yeah. within the time frame with laws and everything upon this could have evolved to something even more beautiful mm-hmm. or maybe it already has yeah yeah, yeah maybe it has yeah. <laughs> yeah even places like canada i mean canada has had medicinal mushrooms for a very long time but i just don't know that people are really taking mushrooms seriously you know what i'm saying i don't think i did yeah i, I mean I, I was in a setting with myself with a homie and, and we were just chilling and we were tripping and then i would come in and like sit down i feel happy and then i started tripping on on the tv you know bad idea you know but i was just just a lot of connection then when i started focusing and looking at the floor and just being with myself in silent it was just like oh like wow (laughs) yeah like okay 
and and I I also have to state like I may be a little bit biased just because I absolutely love mushrooms. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like when I when when that effect hits me, I feel very at home and very at ease. That's not the case for everybody. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? A lot of people don't like that. My stomach a lot of just feels like not ugh. like to be. Yeah. Well, essentially, you're you're poisoning yourself. It's a food poisoning. You're eating fungus. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it does make people throw up. It does it does have this effect. So, like I said, I am a little bit biased because I have a very great effect and I really enjoy it. I don't know if it's my chemical makeup or what, but I really enjoy it. Um, but I think uh, I think uh, you know it's it's like anything. You can get used to things. You know yeah. what I'm saying, and I, I'm not that I want people to get used to it because there's a, there's a very, um, they they are very powerful. They're like their own entity, and they will communicate with you if you take too much. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like oh. it, it feels like they are uh, intellectual beings. So you say it's like a group of of uh, consciousness within? Yeah, like yeah. the mushroom is it's is a god almost. <clears throat> the reason I ask is is because. A lot of people say like there's this type of entity to mm-hmm. the to the plant, right? Yeah. Whether it's ganja, whether it's yep. peyote, whether it's San Pedro, ayahuasca, ayahuasca, yeah. they all have some type of sense. It's a feminine or yeah. it's a masculine. You take you take pay enough peyote, you're gonna meet Mr. Pedro. Like yeah. you are, <laughs> like it's crazy. No, like, when I took it, it, yeah. I, it wasn't. I didn't get no sense. I felt sick, but I felt like almost like my grandfather was telling me yeah. lessons. You probably didn't take enough. Yeah. That that happened to me. Like I didn't. I took a moderate amount, what I thought was a lot, but it was not as much as I thought. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, mescaline, mescaline is a very, it's a tricky one. Mm. It's kind of scary. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of scary because, listen, like I, I drank a jar of tea that I made. <coughs> and my buddy had recommended that I take like three of them after I had already done it. So I thought I took a lot, but in, in this essence, I really didn't, you know, but I got a crazy feeling. I got, I, I felt it, but I didn't, I didn't go there. You know what I'm saying? Peyote buttons. Now that, that'd be nice to try. Yeah. Oh, there. I've never done peyote. Yeah. And I feel like I've had some type of sense, the same type of, of of feeling, not the projection or the visuals with meditation, mm-hmm. where I get into that sense. Oh yeah, not an arousal, but it, sometimes it is. But it, it's like a like a sense of being. I go into a sense like of, of great emotion, depending on what I'm working on, and if it's like something with my throat or my heart, I, I feel like I'm always like in a sense of like I don't feel sad, but it's just like a sense of joy and tears always tend to fly. You know, yeah, that state like a content. Yeah. contentment yeah like so much happiness it's just like yeah i've definitely experienced some good um some good things meditating you can definitely reach psychedelic states there yeah. i felt like I've, I've experienced the same sensations yeah with meditation absolutely <clears throat> bro did you have any particular line of business before mind shrooms or the whole change of anthony prolific from anthony lopez to anthony prolific mm-hmm. um no man like i've always just felt like a slow starter to be honest with you like i i feel like i've 
I've constantly like been hopping around from thing to thing, but it, it's a good thing. Like, it's just, it's, it's taken me like it's deductive reasoning, right? Like it's like, I've, I've done so many things that I figure out what I don't want to do instead of like, I found what I wanted to do. Like it just has taken me so, so, so very long. Um, and even like when we, when you talk about like the spirit animal, right. You know, like I kind of been thinking about that lately, you know, in preparation for coming here. Cause it's like, I, it's like the turtle <laughs> like speaks to me, you know what yeah. I'm saying? It's just cause it's like, That's the Uguay. I feel like I just been taking so damn long, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I, and I'm just like, it, it takes a minute, you know, it does take a minute and it's for everyone. It's different, but you know, I'm, I'm getting there. But I don't think there was any one specific thing that that kind of it was just a long, gradual transition. You know what I'm saying? Um, Yeah. And I'm just kind of like grateful for, you know, like I've always been like this jack of all trades. It felt like because I've jumped around so much. But like I'm at the point finally where it's like, all right, this is it. Here's here's where the mastery comes in like this is where i'm pursuing mastery no longer am i am i here and here and here and here because i I do i want to do so many things you know what i'm saying like even in the midst of building a business like i'm like i'm like the movie i'm like the dog in the movie up like where it's like squirrel you know what i'm saying it's like i like you that catches my attention and i just want to go do it you know what i'm saying like I felt that way too in the beginning when I was with, with uh, I established that I we, we established in 2019 our LLC. Yeah. And then after that, I felt like it was just marketing, 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 marketing. I just felt like I was just doing the same thing mm-hmm. or I felt myself doing events or doing places I, 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 I didn't feel comfortable or I didn't want to do it, but I still yeah. put my 100%. You know, yeah. it was like, I know this is building a foundation somehow. Yeah. And I just put in my grit work. But maybe at the long run, if those no's would have been there. It would have helped me in time and i would have acknowledged certain things you know or yeah. i would have been like oh shit i should have just said no because i wanted to not go you know? yeah 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 so it taught me a lot you know fucking up <laughs> no yeah for sure yeah well you seem like you've yeah you seem like you you're dialed in you know what i'm saying you like okay. <laughs> well i mean i guess that's a compliment then you know what I i'm saying because it's like it's like yeah you're you're getting there you know where you're at you know what you're doing and you know what you want to do you know what i'm saying so it's like i commend that you know what i'm saying For, it takes it's a lot of risk having these all these animals all the beautiful animals that you showed me in there it's a lot of risk and like that's a big thing that a lot of people don't want to take you know what i'm saying so it's like i commend you for that alone it's like all right he's going for it like he like it no matter what it is that you're doing, you're going for it. You know what I'm saying? And that's more than a lot of people can say. You know what I'm saying? Most people want are 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 content with just being like, well, I'm just gonna do this and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna watch the Super Bowl every year at my house. And you know what I'm saying? Like that kind of weirds me out a little bit. Like a lot of people my age and even like with we're all just kind of like settling. It's like, this is life. And it's like, no, this is not life. This is a weird construct that we've created. And it's like, we, we can bust out of this shit by like doing, like we have actually the technology to do whatever the hell we want now. You know what I'm saying? Like we can, we can make our own lives and you should, you should try to at the very least, you know what I'm saying? Like, like 
like leave nothing on the table like this is all you got you know go for it go for something That's you know something. yeah Oh, there's two in there. I didn't even see him. Yeah. You just woke up, brother. There were information. We're, we're talking about the tags. Oh, yeah. Dude, I got the best video today. I got to show it to you. Gila Monster? No, I was at the zoo. You were, oh, were, yeah, you, were, were you really at the zoo today? Bro, look. <laughs> I'm not playing. That's so crazy. Look at my story. I've never seen this in, what time were you there? Seven hours ago. What time is it? Seven. So around what, 12? Dude, we were there when you were there. <laughs> That's crazy. We went to the park. <laughs> okay, I've never seen, I've all, this is like some animal planet shit that I've always seen, but it's like, you know when like birds, they like make a display for their, for like mating and shit, and the yeah. male's like trying to be all like extravagant. Yeah. Like, look at this, look at this fucking guy. Woo! That's like, dumb. Look at me. Yeah. <laughs> like he's his whole feathers are up, look and he's beautiful. He looks yeah, like, dude. Those eyes. Yeah, dude. He did it for like he. We were standing there for like five minutes, and he was just doing that. It was the yeah. coolest shit ever. I think this is this last time we went. I don't know why, brother, but it was a good experience. I was just chilling with the family. We were, yeah. The girls were acting right, you know. It just felt good. Yeah. And we were just roaming around, going back and forth. It was a beautiful day today, too. It was. It was man. like first sunny day, seventy like degrees, forever. like beautiful. But yeah, crazy video. He's just trying to hit that. That's crazy. <laughs> so we're both there. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> So, bro, when did your business uh, journey begin? And go ahead and explain that. I'm going to go pee real quick. Yeah, yeah. Um, business journey, ex shit. I don't know. I've, I've always wanted to be in business, I guess. I've always had, like, aspirations for uh, starting a business. I'd say it really kicked off about six years ago. And you know what? I think I'm just going to wait for this fool to get back from pissing so I can tell him. But I did meet, I met somebody. I, I, I think I met somebody who was like a mentor. Like he kind of mentored me. Yeah. So like, I think what really got the gears rolling is like I started cleaning carpets for this company called Zero Res and the owner of the company uh, his name was Scott and he kind of like took me under his wing he like really liked me he was like I could tell he was like all right this guy's competent he does he works hard and he could be a good like leader in my company Right. Like I felt like that was kind of the vibe I got. From and I was that I am that, you know, like I've always I've always just been an asset wherever I've worked. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I think that's one of the reasons like why I felt like I could go off on my own, too, is because it's like I'm I know I'm smart enough and I'm capable to do this. Um, but that's also a trap. I must say that 
uh, it's also a trap. Like just because you're a good technician doesn't mean you're a good owner operator. Oh no, by, by all means, this is something that I preach because yes. I, I want to bring people into my circle yeah. and I'm looking for people who have had some type of journey to project to mm -hmm. what my main objective is working with children, kind of the same type of foundation yeah. what you have, yeah. but with kids that have gone through, you know, either are homeless or are struggling to finish their high school diploma. Because honestly, bro, let's be honest, like mm -hmm. you've seen it. Those four years make a foundation to who you are. And those groups, whether you like it or not, whether you hang out with the rock kids or you hang out here, it's not a, yeah. not being stereotypical. But yeah. I'm saying these groups develop a sense of persona within yourself. Mm -hmm. Not saying that you're going to be there you're to figure out exactly who you are, but it might be a road that teaches you certain things. Yeah, Fucking up is a process. And those four years teach you how to fuck up real good. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> No, yeah, but so so this so this dude Scott, very business savvy, right? Very knowledgeable, and basic. Essentially, what he did was like these guys had the money, and he had the knowledge and skill to run the business because he was like a main trainer for like the the company over in, on a national level. Um, so. <laughs> so he, you know, he asked me, what were, what are your aspirations? You know, what do you want to do? And I was like, I want to own a business one day, you know, like I'm going to do this. Like I very, I very much feel like I got caught up in like the extravagance of entrepreneurship that we've had over the last like decade or so. You know what I'm saying? I feel like entrepreneurship has been built up to this, like, it's it was like just this. a word. You yeah. look at this, this is a like story. back in the day, nobody wanted to be a business owner. Like it wasn't flashy, but now it's kind of flashy. But yeah. like it, it almost like it almost like it's like once you start doing it, you're like, it's not flashy. This shit sucks. It's shit hard. Sucks. It's like I have to grind so hard, and it's not like this like extravagant thing that everybody puts out. You know what I'm saying? It's really it can not. be, and it's rewarding. It can, yeah. but it's like after after you grind, you know what I'm saying? Like you can enjoy the fruits of your labor, but it shit that might take five, ten years. And there are very fun aspects listen, of it. Don't don't get me wrong. Everything has a climax. Yeah, but everything can also have an end. So yeah. everything does come to an end. Everything Absolutely. is not perpetual. Yeah. meaning that everything is rebirthed or every you know re renovated but if you don't go to that point you know mm -hmm. to just to, to experience it and actually fuck up and do it again and, and find a different venue Absolutely. and do it again in a different way yeah look this is funny bro but when i went to watson i i poncho was my my uh trainer or my guide or whatever and poncho, he shout yeah. out to poncho shout out poncho <laughs> poncho valenzuela right yeah yeah he funny uh, fucker yeah, he was funny, man. <laughs> you got the strawberry, my man. <laughs> I, I told him, he's like, what, what do you do? And I was like, oh, I'm an entrepreneur. And he's like, well, what do you do? I was like, oh, I sell insurance. And he just started laughing. And I'm like, what's funny? And he's like, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. He's like, my family, you know, grew up selling you know, insurance or properties or whatever. And I've always felt with that route. And I was almost like a feeling in a sense, like he was like, dude, shut the fuck up. Like, you don't know what the fuck the meaning of entrepreneur means. You're, you're just throwing it out because you just started primaric or some bullshit. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So he's like, you know, breaking down the meaning of entrepreneurship in my head's like, oh my shit, I'm a fucking idiot. Yeah. Oh, you know, that was the thing about Poncho though, is that he kind of came off as like a dickhead, dipshit, was, like a was, di like a dickhead, me. like a dipshit. But like, once you got to know him, you're like, 
oh, this fool's like on his shit. Like he knows what's up. Like yeah. you, like I, that's how it was for me anyway. I yeah. was like, I found out like, all right, he's kind of playing motherfuckers a little bit. Like not playing them, but he's like, it's like misdirection. It's like, oh, you think I'm this way, but I'm right over here. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So, and I always love that about Poncho. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I like He's a good character. Yeah, yeah. I like Him that. and Benny. Benny yeah. Hodges. Dude, Benny Hodges was the fucking greatest, dude. He was so funny. <laughs> oh, my God. He was great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good old Benny. But, yeah, like, that, and that, what I said earlier, though, like, there's a difference between a, between a good technician, a, a, someone who's good in a company, and someone who's a good entrepreneur. And I'll be, I'll be straight up with you, like, I've been, I've been, it's been almost two years now since we started that business. And there's been plenty of times where I've questioned whether or not I'm cut out for this. You know what I'm saying? Like it's hard. Like there was a lot of very stressful, stressful situations. There's even more now there. It's still stressful, but it's like a lot of really late nights. It's like working from home, figuring out a schedule. Like you think working from home is going to be the best thing of your life. And then all of a sudden you realize that, no, it's like now you're, you can do whatever the fuck you want. And then you're putting shit off until late in the night. And then all of a sudden you're working till four in the morning because yeah, that was you didn't do your shit in the morning. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you got to build the schedule you got. Uh, and it's like, and, and that's, what's weird is like, I, I finally got that part down. Like where I was like, all right, let's do this. And I was like feeling really good about everything. And then like, was weird is I, I kind of like stepped away and it's not because of it wasn't hard it wasn't this or it wasn't that it was because I was trying to follow what my heart was telling me you know what I'm saying and and so like I've come to the turn I've come to the acceptance a little bit that my path is is a little bit different than actually being an entrepreneur it's not that I'm not cut out for it I still plan on doing it but at but I may be doing the wrong thing by choosing this path, like forcing it, you know what I'm saying? Rather than not going with what my heart's telling me to do. And that's to go to school. And, you know, school's not for everybody. You know what I'm saying? I think it's, I think it's for practical things. Um, but in the end, it's going to lead to a private practice. I think that working I, with children, you have yeah. to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You have to you have to have that sense of not, not because you want to be in a higher position to have the authority, yeah. but more that you want to educate them in a higher sense using certain techniques that are taught through education. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And maybe I am more of an educator. You know that's what I'm what saying? I feel like like it, you have a sense of educating yeah. people through a different yeah. sense. And maybe it's not like maybe my path isn't down the road of being a CEO or a CFO or you know what I'm you saying? Are well, a CEO, yeah. Huh? But like maybe it is as well. Maybe it's just it's going through different stages yeah. and I'm going to get there eventually. And that's, and that's ultimately what I have to just be like, you know what? I'm good with whatever comes. I'm not forcing an issue. I'm not, this life is beautiful. You know, like sometimes you just kind of got to be like, Fuck take it, it in, just woosa. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like just let shit happen. And uh, it goes a little easier that way. But And it's not about making it easier. Don't get the wrong perspective when he says that. No, it's yeah, never about making it easy. No, it, it really isn't. And there, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of like paradox in the way I talk. And you know what I'm saying? Like I can, I can come off sometimes as like, yeah, making it sound easy. But I, tr I trust that I am down to do the hardest shit there is. Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. like, yeah. it, it takes, it takes character to build a certain type of persona. 
Yeah. And, and in order to understand like who, where you're coming from, you have to understand the person how they're speaking. For example, yeah. we had we had certain teachers at this program who left us at the beginning or end of the program because the program was dissolving. Mm-hmm. The students were kind of like flowing somewhere like with limbo. Yeah. I finished my high school diploma. I was 21 credits behind. I was pretty much not done with school at all. Yeah. But within six months, I finished. Yeah. Because the teachers were helping us. They were there. But once they left, it was so hard to finish. that I finished, you know, within time or maybe sooner. Graduated, you know, within that month. But I was a super, super senior. But when they left... It felt like something was happening to us, like if there was just like no 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 way of finishing now because yeah. everything was just dissolved. I feel like that that's foundation of the people who have gone through the pain or have gone through some sense of experience that carry wisdom with them. I'm saying that everybody has to have wisdom, you know, it's just that not that knowledge that you carry is different from somebody who has just been silver spoon fed and I'm not putting people down. But like people who have just a different perspective in life or are entitled. And some of those people happen to be educators mm-hmm. where they don't have that same sense or perception and they just rather just give up and not continue, right? So it's like it can hurt not only the educator, but as well the person who's being educated. Yeah. And it's like you need to be in the right sense. And I feel like what better person than Anthony Prolific, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, no, you're absolutely right because like that's been a lot of, that's working with this kid program has been my biggest fear is that I came into it with no experience and they they kind of thrust me into uh, certain responsibilities like like actually going into some of these children's homes with with you know some pretty profound trauma and some some pretty um, profound like behavioral issues you know what i'm saying and and they had like the utmost confidence in me to go do this stuff but like in my brain it was like okay like i don't my thing is i don't want to go in and cause more damage you know what i'm saying like i don't want to cause damage so i'm like i have to i have to really take a step back realize what i'm doing really learn because that thing can happen you can you can um you can call, you can do more harm than than good. You know what I'm saying? If you're not like aware of that, for yeah. sure. Yeah. It, it, it takes a person. Like I said, it takes yeah. a person to actually heal and yeah. know. And if you you feel that sense, bro, but more power to you. Continue with it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, man. Bro, as a child, what was your dream or aspiration? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I know I, I don't know. I I was very imaginative, um, but as far as like, if you're asking maybe like what I what was I like what was the thing where I was like I want to do this? Is that kind of what you're asking? Like yeah, like when you were little, you just like you know everybody tells us at school like you can be whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. What was it that you would say? Yeah, that's a hard question because I don't I don't ever really remember having like <laughs> like a distinct answer for that. He was a thug. Yeah. No, it's just like, it's just like, I don't actually remember being like, oh, I want to be a firefighter. You know what I'm saying? Or I want to be an artist. Like it wasn't until like I was actually in high school and I was getting out of high school that I wanted to make movies. Like I wanted to make movies and I wanted to write. I went and I went to call, I went to college 
like for film writing and, and uh, digital arts and stuff like that. Um, but as a kid, like I was just like, I don't know. I was just in my own little world, I guess. I, I didn't really think about it. I, I did play sports and I was pretty good at sports and I would like fantasize about being in the NFL and stuff like that. But I, I, I never like had like a supreme passion that I, that I really, really want. I, I remember I wanted to be a ninja. <laughs> a professional ninja. Yeah. Like a legit ass ninja. That's and I would badass. like, I would like, you know, crawl around my house and make sure nobody could see me. And then like, if my, if someone saw me, I was like, fuck, <laughs> better go start over again. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, but, but you know what I'm saying? I was just, I was just very like in that little realm, but like, yeah, I wanted to be a movie maker. And, I, and when I see our buddy Sergio doing his thing right now, like it's again, I'm like a squirrel. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, this motherfucker's out there like making movies. He's like in act doing acting. And like I really admire that. And I'm just like, there's another part of me that also sees like myself doing something like that. Like I could pursue it and I could go for it. Stay tuned. We're gonna have a couple actors on board as well as Sergio. We'll have Chess Brown, a good actor, Claudius, uh the known as the Snake Father. Um, yeah. all those people work yeah. within the film industry. Yeah. Um so um yeah. For him, for example, Claudius, and I, I briefly know his story because he's put it out there. I haven't yeah. really had a conversation with him, with this ridiculous. We have no, well, had contact for a while, yeah. but we never really like talk on the phone. But he's always put out his story. You know, I was working back set, you know, production, and then somebody saw my hustle, and then yeah. somebody came up to me and just asked me to work a set. And mm -hmm. I did a set with Snakes, and then Snakes got involved, and then now they're asking me to do films with, with Snakes and bring yeah. Snakes for acting. Like, he does music videos with actors and rappers That's and shit. Ass. So it's like, because of his hustle, because of the grind, yeah. you know, like they saw that with his eye, and that's what brought him to, to set. Mm -hmm. And correct me if I'm wrong, man, but I don't know exactly the full story. We're going to discuss it on the podcast, but that's an admirational story, you know, where, like, he had no sense of like acting quality. Maybe he did, or he did go to school. I'm not too sure. Yeah. But it, somebody just being drawn from his pure grind—that's mm -hmm. admirable. You know, that's oh the, yeah, the underdog. You know? Yeah. Are you talking about Sergio? No, I'm talking about Claudius. Oh, Claudius. Father. Oh yeah. yeah. No, I, I. Yeah, I don't know him. Yeah. yeah. No, like that's what I was saying. Oh, yeah. No, like yeah, that's awesome though. Like yeah. it is. It, it's it's. Some people are born with that though. You know what I'm saying? Like you are born with that. Like you, you may not have had it, but like you have charisma, like you, you have it, you know what I'm saying? You just have to tap into it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And like some people just tap into it. I think I honestly, I feel like a lot of us have just stuff within us that is so untapped that we might not never know we're good at it. You know what I'm saying? And that's what like, stuff that the graveyard dies, you know? It's like, yeah. Shit. Yeah. It's kind of insane. Imagine where the evolutionary process would be at if that consciousness had been woke. Mm -hmm. Not to use the word woken. <laughs> right. It's too overplayed now. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, what's your favorite animal? My favorite animal has always been a tiger. Tiger King. Yeah, tiger. Is ever since. Else you need to tell us? Ever <laughs> since. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He likes yeah. to be tickled. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, yeah, Tiger, as a kid, yeah, Tiger was my shit. Like, I loved them. They're beautiful. They're they're solitary. Um, they're just, yeah, they're just amazing. Big cats in general. Like, I love big cats, uh, panthers, all that. Those, those have always been, like. Do you have cats? 
I don't. That's that's the other. That's a weird thing about it is like, if you want Bengal cats or Sphinx, I have a breeder. Yeah. yeah. Well, what's crazy to me is like pit bulls have always reminded me of big cats. It's weird because of their face structure and, the and food everything. Dog. Yeah. You know, it's almost like a pit bull, but it's yeah. a cat. Yeah, it's a cat. And it's like, it's weird. You look at a lion, a lion's face, and you look at like a meaty, like pit bull, they look similar, you know? Yeah. They're, and their demeanors, like they're just big and lumbery and like they're just like, I'll oh, fuck you up. It's like yeah. a griffin. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's so like, I don't know. That's, I think it's kind of weird that big cats and dogs are kind of connected in that way. Yeah. But, you know. So as a kid, did you ever have cats? Never. No, I've always wanted kind of a cat. And I and I've kind of had I kind of have cats now, but I call them hood kitties. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just like the neighborhood cats that that come through. And they I do have a I have a water turtle in the front of my yard. And usually I'll pull up from work or wherever I'm coming from. And there'll be like two cats in there trying to like get them out of the water. And we got to shoot them off and stuff. Um but I would get a cat. I totally would get a cat. Yeah. My buddy has a really cool cat named Willow. And I like them so much just because they like they don't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? They're like kind of, they're just kind of off doing their thing. And, but I do love cats. And they're, and they're kind of like feral in a sense. You know what I'm saying? Like cats just have that, that, that sense about them. But I wouldn't mind a cat. I think it's trying to convince my wife to get one because she's just convinced that the smell is just overwhelming. And I'm just like, my buddy has two cats and I don't even know that he has cats walking into his house. You know what I'm saying? Can you tell that I had cats when you walk? No, I couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't have guessed you had cats. Because you have to clean it on a daily. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So it's like, there's that, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah, man. A cat. Interesting. Have you ever had any or felt any spiritual connection with any animal or human? Um, with an animal besides your wife? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, actually a spiritual connection with a human is actually so my business partner, uh Tristan, uh that we created Mind Shrooms together. And he is a spiritual being, like he really is. And he's kind of helped. I would say he's totally helped me kind of blossom as a, as a spiritual being as well. Um, and it's, it's cool because it's like, I love these conversations. I love getting into conversations that others might find just really weird. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe it's off putting a little bit, like the conversation that me and you can have, you know, about it and get really deep into it. I can have with him and, and, uh, it's just like, we, get what each other's talking about you know what i'm saying he's um like a sense of connection almost yeah it's a sense of connection and like i i feel like some people might look at him and be like yeah he's just like this little hippie boy like this but like when you get deeper into knowing him like he is connected on a spiritual level he really is he's tapped in he's tapped in a little bit deeper than most people yeah. yeah. So it's kind of cool. And that's why I'm glad like I have him because I can go and have good conversations. You know what I'm saying? I can have these conversations where it's like, I couldn't go and talk to, you know, 
my buddy Matt. Like, you know what I'm saying? Or he'd be like, shut the fuck up. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'd be like, like, you know what the fuck you're talking about. Like, it would just end up coming down to like a shit talking fest. You know what I'm saying? Because he's just not into it. And that's fine. That's cool. But I'm glad I have that with with Tristan, you know? Uh, As far as like an animal, I, I don't know. Like, honestly, like, yeah, like we keep talking about the turtles. Like the turtles are weird. Like it's just kind of weird. Like they found me, right? Like the turtles have found me, both of them. Um, I didn't like go purchase my turtles, uh, but I have a Salcutta, an African spurred tortoise, and I have a water turtle, uh, like a red-eared slider. And uh, the red-eared slider we found in, in, in our pool. And it was like when there was like maybe 10 gallons at the bottom of the pool, like it was empty pretty much. It was just a bunch of nasty green water at the bottom of it. And one night it's just like, you see a little head pop out of there and you're like, what the fuck is in the water, you know? And come to find out it's just a red-eared slider in the back of, in the random backyard. You know what I'm saying? It's like, how did you get there? You know what I'm saying? Like, where did you come from? Like, was a bird carrying you? Like it swooped you out of a lake and then like accidentally dropped you or like, did you find your way out of a neighbor's pond and into my yard? Like, I don't even know how this happened. It's just kind of weird. Um, but the kids named him Deadpool. Uh, that's yeah. cool. So that's a cool little name. And and he's 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 about the big as these books right now. Um, and and then then our other turtle, the Salcutta. So when I first bought my house, um, I was in the backyard and I was like taking trash out into the alleyway and I was throwing the trash. And I noticed in the alleyway, there's just this big old hump in the middle of the, in the middle of the alley. And I'm like, what the hell is that? Like a giant rock in the middle of the road. It was nighttime. It was dark. I couldn't see. And I walked up on it and it was like a hundred pound Salcata, like <laughs> a giant Salcata. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, it was just a trip, you know? And uh, so I took pictures and I put it on like a lost and found Facebook group or something on the East side. And we ended up finding the owners and then they found their turtle. Right. And it was like, it was probably like two blocks up the street. It was somebody's turtle and they escaped cause they burrow like crazy and they're just really strong animals. Like they can break down a wooden fence, like no problem. And that's what happened. So fast forward, like two years, me and my wife are like walking out to the car to go to work one morning and she noticed it she notices it like up against the garage door it's just a little mound and she's like what's that and i looked and i was like i was like i don't know and then like i like looked again and i was like that's a turtle and it was like a little baby turtle it was a baby sulcata and it had to be the babies for that turtle tortoise (laughs) yeah that tortoise you know what i'm saying though like it i don't know why how it got all the way over there and then came up to my driveway again. And I was like, I was like, I'm keeping this dude. Like I'm keeping this bad boy. They're like, it's cool. Like this is meant to be, I'm keeping this fucker. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's like, it's like, there is this quiet wisdom within them. Like, it's like, they're anxious. It's like, they're ancient. They know, but, and it's like, I don't know. It's like, they're a little bit slow. And that's kind of why, not that I'm like slow, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But like, I, sometimes I've always felt like a slow starter and like, I've taken my time to kind of finally become where I'm at. You know what I'm saying? So I do like resonate with the, the turtle a little he bit. He hit puberty at 20. Yeah. Actually, I hit puberty in like third grade, but <laughs> third grade. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but no, it's like it, it's like the tortoise and the hare, right? So it's like 
that's the cool thing about that story is like, yeah, the, the hair is like very fast and burst. Right. And mm -hmm. it's like, it, it's always, but it, he, he kind of gets complacent. Right. You know, and it's like the turtle is just very consistent and doesn't stop and plods along. And that's kind of how I've felt a little bit throughout my life a little bit. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I've never like just taken a break, but I've always just like made slow, slow progress. And that, that adds up over time, you know? So like, you, you just kind of got to trust in that process a little yeah. bit. But. Trust yourself. Trust yeah, your trust intuition. Your, trust yeah. where you're going. Yeah. It's not, it has to, you don't have to know where you're going. Just put it at that. Yeah. You can end up at some random stranger's house. Or in jail. Yeah. What is a practice or habit uh, you would be willing to share that you do? Whether it be spiritual or non-spiritual or a tactic that you use. Mm -hmm. that you think that might be suitable for the public i have a bunch man i mean something dear to heart yeah if you'd like to share yeah no i i'd love to i'd love to share i always like sharing yeah med meditation obviously if you if you're not into it like that it, it really can change your world um but visual vis visualization um like deep visualization has profoundly impacted me you know what i'm saying like i i've i've found i've gotten a lot from it um but it, it started from meditation you know um also like cold plunging like i love all these newer tools you know like cold plunging is amazing uh it's probably one of the best things i've ever done for myself especially if you do it what's uh, cold plunging so like uh basically I, I went and bought like a big trough from ace hardware it's a hundred gallon like horse trough, pretty much. Um, I fill it up about three quarters of the way, about 70 gallons. And I throw about 80 pounds of ice in it. And it brings the temperature down to about 36 degrees. Uh, and then I just jump in that motherfucker uh, for about five minutes. And it has a lot of benefits. Um, I, I started it personally for mental health kind of stuff because it just really zaps you out of like out of that you know what i'm saying it it wakes you up um it's it's kind of about like overcoming that fight or flight response you know so like when with people with trauma like if if you're overstimulated or anything it, like you this fight or flight response will will trigger sometimes and so for some people it's very extreme so like you either want to run away or you want to get crazy you want to fight um, and then there's also a third response that not many people are aware of. It's, and it's a freeze response where you just kind of freeze in place. And I'm more prone to freezing. I'm kind of like a, I, I, I kind of like shut down. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't flee, but I don't, I don't go forward and fight either. Like I just kind of like go inward and like shut down. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I, for me, it really snaps me out of my head and it like gets me like it. It, it gets me so what it does is like you try to get into a 35 degree water it feels like you're about to jump off a cliff like it really does like it's 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 scary because it's so cold you know what i'm saying it's like it's it's tapping into something primal in you that's that causing fear you know um but you do it and then like you you learn to settle in you you get into the water and then you you know, you, you know, you get in a cold shower, cold water, you're like, <gasps> like you can't breathe. But once you can learn to like, oh, like breathe with, 
with all that stress coming on to you, you learn to like settle down and you calm your nervous system. Um, and it, it's basically like putting yourself into voluntary stress. And when you put yourself into voluntary stress like that, especially early on in the day, early on in the morning, I'm big about like doing these things in the morning. But if something comes into your day, like overwhelming uh, through the day, you're more grounded and you're more ready to deal with it. Like it doesn't impact you. It doesn't send you into a spiral. You know what I'm saying? It like really helps you in that sense. So yeah, um, yeah that's a great one. The cold plunge is really great. And, and it's kind of intimidating to just jump straight into like doing a cold plunge or jumping into icy water. And so you can start off by like, you know, in your showers, just turn the knob down to the coldest setting you can handle for like the last 30 seconds of your shower. You know what I'm saying? And then start then bump it up to 45 seconds or a minute. And then, you know, over time, if you do this gradually, gradually, you might even be able to just turn the cold water on and, and just jump into a cold shower and just take a cold shower. And then from there, you can jump into the ice bath. You know what I'm saying? But um, cold exposure is very, very good for you. It's also like, like it even, they even say like exposing yourself to it over a prolonged period of time for a very consistent period of time. Um, there's a thing called brown adipose fat tissue on you. And when you're very, very cold, your body's brown, uh, uh brown fat actually uses the white fat as an energy source. So it's like, it can actually help people maintain weight and, or even lose weight, you know, but you have to do it very consistently and, and for a long time. But, um, there's a lot of studies done on cold exposure and, uh, I think the biggest impact is mental health, but it's, yeah, it'll snap you right out of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a good practice for sure. I need to try that, man. I haven't. I'm really it. all about mental health, man. Like mental health is gonna be. <clears throat> if you're in a mental funk, it's gonna make everything else in your life harder. You know what I'm saying? So it's all about really keeping yourself, you know, on that right track mentally. You know, and then everything else, you know, is like clockwork. Definitely, bro. Who would you consider your spirit animal to be? My spirit animal. So at, up until up until like the, the, the maybe the last couple years of my life, I would say the chameleon. Um, just because I've always been chameleonic uh, in my personality. I feel like I've always been able to like, I've always been able to blend in and it's not, I, and I'm not saying this as like a, like a braggadocious kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? It's almost kind of a part of me that I don't like, I've always not liked so much, Licking, but I, our mimicking I, is on point. Yeah. It's like, it, it's not so much mimicking, but like it is like, I, I can be who I need to be in the situation. You know what I'm saying? To like, to blend in, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can't, it, it is, it's, it's like a weird thing. It's always, it's always, it's always been like a, like a defense mechanism. I think, you know what I'm saying? It's always been like where I can like maybe stay under the radar a little bit. I can, uh, yeah, I can mimic, I can be this person that you need to be. That's why I've always kind of been like a class clown kind of type, you know what I'm saying? Like the funny guy or whatever, like, um, you know, it's, it's, 
I, I would say that that that's it. But it, it's also like the, the chameleons have been great people over the centuries too. You know, it's it's almost like I'm trying to see it in a more positive light as I get older because it's it's kind of like the book, The Forty Eight Laws of Power. Have you ever heard of this book? Uh, probably. Um, so it's by one of my, my one of my favorite authors. His name's Robert Greene, and he read The Forty Eight Laws of Power, and he has a bunch of like uh, stories about people in history and 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 uh i i really i really recommend it you should check it out but it's it's it it's a very controversial book because many people think it's a book that is uh teaches you how to be manipulative um and and you can use the tactics in that book for good or for evil you know what i'm saying you can use it uh to be malicious um or you you can also use it to uh you know, to be tactful in life. And, and that's how I feel like I've always been. Like, even before I read that book, that's why I felt like I was so chameleon, uh, like chameleon, like, because it's like, I always use tactics like that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but as, like I said earlier too, is like, in the last couple of years, I'm actually learning to, to stand out a little bit and, and be very comfortable with it. You know what I'm saying? It's like instead of like the chameleon, <coughs> the chameleon blending into the trees, you know what I'm saying? I feel like I'm starting to become that chameleon that is like <laughs> a plethora parks. of psychedelic colors amongst the, the trees. parks and chameleon. Yeah, yeah. The colorful one. The have colorful you ever, have one. you ever yeah. seen those, those parks and chameleon? Yeah, yeah. But I, I have, yeah. But I'm starting to feel like I'm now okay standing out. And, and I'm more comfortable with it now. You know what I'm saying? And I don't need to, I don't need to blend in anymore. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I guess that's like on some real shit like that. I, 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 I feel like that's, that's always been like my true animal, you know? Yeah. I can relate. Yeah. Yeah. I see it. Um, you're in a sense, you know, taking all the, the spectrum of the light and seeing it, <clears throat> you're camouflaging in the sense to make yourself feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. And allowing your environment to just grow because chameleons can be more people think that they're hard to care but it's really just a lump of getting them over certain ages and then keeping certain adequate temperatures but they're very hardy mm -hmm. believe it or not you know yeah. it's more of they they look at everything around you and they're very inquisitive on what their step is they rethink their process so it's like i can see that yeah Man, so that was that was pretty much it, brother. The spirit animal, you, you say you uh, you concise with, you know. Yeah, it's um, it's aspirational to see that you know who you you like because when I asked who your favorite animal was, you said it was you know the cats, mm -hmm. but that was in, in any sense you know your spirit animal. Yeah. So I think like. You giving off a sense of where you stand as a chameleon, you know, you camouflage. You're really showing us your true colors by saying that because it's like you, you, you are a salesperson, you know, in the the, the whole spirit realm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because in a sense, that's what they are. You know? Yeah, they are very flashy. They can be very beautiful, mm -hmm. very elongated and elegant in the way they they just move. So I can see the elegancy in your talk. That's cool, bro. Yeah. Like a nobody, I wouldn't expect it. A reptile. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I didn't either. And and the reason, like, 
the reason I really said that is because a long time ago, when I first went back to school or I went to the college, like right after high school and I was in a writing class and they're like, what animal are you? And it was like, no hesitation. I was the chameleon back then too. <laughs> and it felt weird saying it aloud at that point. I remember like I read it aloud to everybody, like what I wrote. And I was thinking about it the other day and I was like, I'm still, I really still am that, you know what I'm saying? But it's like, it's, there's an evolution to it and yeah. it's, and it's awesome. To like see it. doesn't just stay a pupa, it evolves to a beautiful butterfly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Anthony's a beautiful butterfly. <laughs> All righty, man. Well, it was yeah. a pleasure having you on the yeah, Spirit dude. Animal Podcast. Yeah, thank Another you so great much. episode with the one and only Anthony Prolific. Guys, thank you so much for who did check in. Bosa, appreciate you, brother. You all have a wonderful night. We'll check in here on next Thursday. We do have three to announce. Um, we'll have uh, Sean from Mean Mug, um, also known as Mean Mug. Um, we'll have uh, Mizo Creatures on Friday, and as well, South Bay Reptiles on Saturday of next week. Stay tuned. Thank you so much for joining us. You all have a wonderful night. Always much love. Peace.